Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you are about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. He said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, may be seated. Anybody ever get nervous speaking in front of other people? Right? How many people standing up here? If you were to stand up right here, you would not be up here. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's risky when you have to get up and stand and speak and give your opinion. And there are very few Sundays in which I do not get nervous about what I have to say or how it's going to be received or am I going to get comments on the way out, although by far uh, there are many more positive comments than negative comments, of which I am always appreciative of. Or I'm wondering, what are those comments really that are going to be out in the parking lot as you go home? (laughs) Right? Um, so I get nervous. I think about all of those things, particularly when uh, I want to address what's going on in the world today. Anybody turn on the news recently? Right? What are some of the issues that we hear about in the news? Immigration, other things? I heard, I heard guns, immigration, abortion, wall, whatever might be, right? Uh, I believe it is part of my job to talk about those issues that are going on in the world. And a lot of times when it comes to an issue, uh, the world in which we live in, there are two sides to it, right? Especially in our country, there's the Republican side or there's the Democratic side. So if I talk about an issue, it can very quickly appear that I am preaching politics. 
I will be the first to say I'm not preaching politics, and in a way, I am. Because politics is how we order our life, right? It's how we live together. What are those guides, what are those rules that we use that we hopefully agree on to say this is how we exist? Hopefully in a way in which it is God-honoring and everyone cannot just survive, but can thrive. And I don't do that from a way of the Democratic side or the Republican side, but I always try and approach it from a faith-based side. Does that make sense? Because I don't think there are very many of us, if any at all, that doesn't turn on the news, see some of those things you have talked or you mentioned, and what might God's opinion of it be? What might my faith, our faith, have to say about something that is going on. Anybody ever thought that before? You turn on the news, what does my faith say about it? So that's what I hope to do at some level today. Now, if you've noticed, I don't have hair. It's okay to make bald jokes, I know. I do shave it, I say I'm beating Mother Nature to the punch. Now, the downside of not having hair is when I get nervous, I sweat. Which means if I don't have any hair, what do you see right away? Poof. It was about three weeks ago, whole, I could have wrung my shirt out afterwards, right? Because I thought that what I was saying might upset some people. What's funny is afterwards, I was telling Vicky about it, and she's like, that really isn't that big a deal, Tim. What were you so nervous about? And yet, for some people, it was a very big deal, Right? Because there are times in which I speak in which someone says, oh, I wish you would have said more. And there are times in which I speak in which someone says, I think you said too much. <laughs> so it puts you in that area. So oftentimes, you know what pastors choose not to do? Speak at all. They will stay on we, and I, I shouldn't say they, we, because I am as guilty of it as everybody else. Stay on a level here that will not offend anybody, right? Because that's a safe place to be. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm everybody's friend. Everybody likes me. Is that true? No. <laughs> so far. Thank you for your generosity, but let's be honest. <laughs> so we'll see you in another 15 minutes. <laughs> It's not true, and it actually can be uh, a very exhausting place to be. And I think one of the issues with the church is um, there are times in which we do play it too safe. We do play it too safe. Um, I don't think Jesus ever played it too safe. Would you agree with me on that one? There's actually a part in John's Gospel. Uh, we frequently sing it during the Gospel acclamation. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Does anyone know what was said right before, and those are words of Peter in John's Gospel, right before Peter says that, does anyone know what Jesus asked him? What's that? Not who do you say that I am. Larry, are you also going to leave me? 
Because in the middle of the ministry of Jesus, in the middle of John's gospel, people are leaving him. He had demands. It was not rainbows and unicorns. It was not, oh my gosh, this life is fantastic because I've never been more comfortable in my life. Following Jesus puts us in very uncomfortable places. And there are times in which people will leave. Now, I'm going to be too dark like people are going to get up and be angry. I don't know. But you should, we should, as a follower of Jesus, be thinking, do I really want to do that? Does that make sense? Is this really worth it? Is this the life I want? Because, man, I, it makes me uncomfortable on any number of levels and on any number of issues. And it's not with, here in the United States, one political party or another. They should always be on the outside critiquing it. And so depending on the issue might depend on where you fall as far as it comes to American politics. Never the Republican answer, never the Democratic answer, right? The reason why I bring this up is one of the first things that was said this morning when if you turn on the news, what are some of the things you hear? It's about immigration. You can't avoid it today, can you? Um, and it seems like it is at a stalemate on what do we do about it. I do not have an answer this morning. I'm not going to propose to have an answer or to say, um, here's what I think we should do. What I hope to do is talk about a perspective that I believe is where God is leading us. And if we have a perspective, I hope then it leads us to participating or advocating for specific answers. Does that make sense? I don't have the answers, but I do believe as people of faith and followers of Jesus, there is a perspective that where we should begin and let that guide us. We are always followers of Jesus first, who happen to live in America as opposed to Americans who happen to be followers of Jesus. Does that make sense? Right? Our faith demands our guidance on how we feel about certain issues. I bring that up because of our lesson this morning. It would be very easy. Let's just talk about the Lord's Prayer. Right? What is prayer? All those kind of things the conversation that happens afterwards that really gets me thinking. We are self-centered people. Would you agree with that? If you are, have a picture taken of you and you're in a group of people, what is the number one factor of whether or not you think that is a good picture? How you look, right? You are in a group photo. The first person you look at is yourself. Correct? Absolutely. You have, has anyone, I think maybe I've mentioned this before, have you ever been in somebody's house and there's a photo and you might be in it and you're like, oh my gosh, would you take that picture down? 
and the person says, I love that picture. Right? <laughs> I think frequently we look at that passage from our individual perspective because we live in an individual society. Knock, ask, receive. I have a prayer. I have a hope. I have an expectation. So I am going to knock, ask, and hopefully receive. I focus it on me as the one who is knocking. Anybody ever view it that way before in your life? Right? I know not always, but I think that frequently happens. But before we get to that ask, ask, not receive, there is a passage beforehand, a conversation that occurs beforehand. Someone else knocks at a door, right? And why is that person knocking on the door in the middle of the night? What do they need? Bread. Why do they need bread? They have guests. They have guests, right? Someone has interrupted them in the middle of the night. They have woken up. They have answered the door, and they have found someone in need. And so now what do they first ask themselves, or they first decide, what are they going to try and do? They're going to try and help. They're going to try and feed. But what is the problem? They don't have any help. So what do they need to do? I better find help. So they have already been interrupted in the middle of the night. They have someone in need. Now they go and find help, right? So they go and find help. And what is the problem they turn into, they run into? No one's answering. Right? No one answers right away. We don't know why they don't answer right away. They just don't answer. There could be a whole host of reasons. It's the middle of the night. I'm sleeping. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm whatever it might be. Or I know you're there, but I only have three loaves of bread myself. So I could get out of bed, but uh, I'd rather not because I know what it's going to mean if I answer that door. I don't know what the reasoning is. I just know that there is a knock at the door. Does this sound like any issues going on in our world today? Right? People are in need. I don't know the answer. How do we best help? But I know what a wrong answer is. Not answering the door and saying, go home. That's not an option. That's not an option. And that is not just about immigration that's going on at our southern border. That is all of our life, every day, which is exhausting, which makes me want to say at times, no thanks, I'm leaving, which makes me think of that passage that, or the question that Jesus asked to those other people, are you two also going to leave? I think what happens way too often is that we say we know we don't want to leave, so instead we'll construct certain things or say certain things so we don't have to help. Right? 
Anybody unsure of what to believe on the news sometimes? So how do we educate ourselves so we're getting right information too? Because where we get information from, we understand somebody has a point of view that they want us to understand as well. And is someone going to benefit from it? Is someone not going to benefit from it? Is someone going to get richer because of it? Is someone going to be stayed poor because of it? There's all of these things that are going on. Who are people that need help? What do we call people that need help? What do we call ourselves for people when we need help? These are all questions that go into it, right? So I am going to recommend, um, if you're interested in learning more about right information, right? I'm not saying wherever you're getting from is wrong, because I don't know where you're getting it from, right? But where do we understand the needs that are really being helped? There are, I choose to go to who is actually there helping, <laughs> right? Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services, Lears. Liars? How would you pronounce that dot, would you say? Lears, L-I-R-S. They have a website. They are on the ground actually working to help things get better. There's a website in which you can go to lirs.org to find out what really is going on. Why are people fleeing? Is it rapists or gang people or murderers or thieves or robbers or are there other things that are going on that are causing people to flee thousands of miles, many times without an adult or a parent, to seek a better life? Amnesty International is actually a group, Amnesty USA, that you can go to to find out about who are the people that need help and what is being done to try and get help. United Nations, I gotta make, it's UNHCR, but I can never remember it. United Nations High Commission for Refugees. And there's actually a branch of that UNHCR. You'd recognize the logo if you saw it, or uh, you might just see it, right? There's also a uh, U.S. branch that is working on that on who are the people that need help, coming from the people that are on the ground trying to give help. For to me, that is the only answer we have as a Christian. Our answer is always not focused on what is best for us as an individual. And you name what that individual is, an individual person, an individual Small community, an individual large community, does that make sense, right? How do we define individual or what is better for all, right? We are only doing as well as the least of us. <laughs> Yet so often we judge ourselves by what is our ceiling. What if we look at it by... How are the least of us doing? The least of us in our town. The least of us in our country. The least of us in our world. God's world. God's work. Our hands. Not if I knock. Maybe we need to be listening for someone else knocking. 
and dare ourselves to get out of bed and find the help that they need. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.